Maurice Levy, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School Cambridge Leadership Series podcast today. Um, We've just heard a a little bit about how you've built up your your company, your vision of global brands in the future, and not least, um, your relationship uh, with Kevin Roberts of Saatchi and Saatchi. So so let's begin a little bit with, with your vision of global brands in a global world now. What is your ethos based on? Uh, today, my vision is something which is shared by most advertisers and most advertising agencies. But when I started to think about globalization, I thought that uh, the idea of having a global campaign, homogenized uh, approach with uh, something which is... Uh, uh, exactly the same for all the countries, all the people of the world, whatever has been their past, their culture, their relationship, is something which uh, will not last. And uh, maybe based on the fact that uh, France is a peculiar country and that we were very much attached to our exception culturelle, I thought that uh, most of the people in the world must uh, like to go back to their roots, must like to hear uh, the song uh, that their moms were singing for them and not something which was coming from uh, a kind of uh, 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 factory uh, coming from the U.S. or any other part of the world. So it was based purely on cultural differences and that communication has to take the roots in the people's soul, mind, hearts, and their cultural differences, while at the same time the brands have to have a common concept. So it's something which is... uh, 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 which was maybe looking in the mid-90s as something a little bit intellectual, but which is now uh, commonplace. If you look at Coca-Cola or Nike, they are not uh, showing this global campaign which was monstrous, but something which is specific to each country. You called it a simple vision in your lecture tonight, but you seem to be talking about what, what Kevin Roberts of such and such refers to as love marks, that that actually it's something, a brand is something very close to us. It has human interest. It has an investment in us, and we have an investment in it. Yes. uh, uh, One day I was thinking about uh, how the world was changing. And when you look at the world and how it is changing, in fact, you see that... uh, Everything around yourself is changing. The way we are building our roads, the airports, transportation, uh, the stores which are sold, etc. And what's left are a few brands which are a little bit like uh, landmarks which are showing you the way, the pathway to um, consumption life. But at the same time, there is a relationship between the brand and uh, uh, and yourself, and uh, there are a, a connection. There is a connection. There is a relationship. There is a, a kind of, uh, uh, in French, I would say, affection, 
but uh, I'm not sure it's the right word in English, but let's say feelings, let's say relationship. Uh, and they believe that uh, love mark is a, it's a great concept because uh, when you love someone, you accept that is not perfect. And loving a brand, you accept that the brand is not always perfect. You accept uh, difficulties of time, the fact that the brand has not the latest innovation. You give permission to the brand to not, to do not be always at the top. And that is great because uh, a brand cannot be always at the top. But you also talked about the concept of agency as well as brand, if we move up one, and, and that, that people have to, to feel their trust in the agency. They, you know, it, it has to be something that you don't convince a, a client. You have to attract them. They have to know what you believe in and believe in what you believe in. Is that the concept of the publicist group? PBC's group has built uh, uh, its um, story around clients. And we have been very fortunate because uh, we, we went through uh, happy and less happy days and the, the client have been always supporting us uh, because we have made them famous and they have rewarded us with a great loyalty. And they have helped us to grow, and uh, they have entrusted us when we were going to some countries with uh, no agency, no people, and uh, they have uh, said, okay, we'll give you our business. And this has been a, a, something which is absolutely formidable, and they will never forget. An agency is made of what? People. Exactly. I'm people. glad I got that right. <laughs> people. And you don't make people working only because you pay them. It, you have to pay them. And sometimes it's very expensive because great talent are sought after by all the agencies of the world. But you have to give them something which is much more important than money, which is inspiration. And they have to work for an idea, for a client, but for an idea. And this idea is what the agency is uh, trying to do. So Sachi is doing love marks. Uh, Publicis is doing contagious ideas. Uh, Leo Burnett is uh, doing mind-kind uh, uh, ideas which transform behaviors. And all this is something which uh, uh, creates uh, a reason for the people to, to work. But the most important thing is uh, uh, to, to, to have people feeling that uh, they are doing something which is important, something which uh, is respected, something which uh, will uh, help making the world a little bit better. And if we do that, we succeed. As part of your lecture tonight at, at Judge uh, Business School, you, you also talked about acquisitions and mergers in the beginning of, of the 90s and, and sort of, you know, that growth period. Can you just tell us what that was about and where you are now? Okay, Publicis is... Um, 
today, number three, number four worldwide with uh, roughly 45,000 people. Uh, in um, uh, the 90s, uh, we, we were uh, about 5,000 people, maybe, maybe six. Uh, we were number 15 or 16 on a worldwide stage. And uh, we were present only in uh, European countries uh, with a small outpost in New York. Uh, we had almost no global client. We had regional, global companies who were giving us regional work for Europe. And uh, we, we had to earn uh, our position on the podium. And uh, in this field, which is very competitive, where there are some uh, very fierce competitors, very tough, very talented, it was uh, very difficult. And I think that what has really helped us is that we were bringing new ideas, a new concept of globalization I spoke about already, a, a new approach to branding, a new way of doing integrated communication, which we call holistic. And uh, people our clients felt that we had a formidable anger to win and hunger to help them. So they felt that we were committed, that we wanted to succeed, that their brand was very important to us, and they saw in the, our creative people, our planners, in their eyes, the sparkle of ideas. And this is something which was absolutely fantastic because we were, and we are, real people fully committed to our clients, and they felt it. And that is probably one of the reasons why we, we have been successful. Regarding the acquisitions, uh, the first row, run of acquisition that we made was to go to a lot of countries because it's uh, being a global company is uh, like being pregnant. You can't be half pregnant. So you cannot say to a client, listen, I can serve you globally, but I can't serve you in Asia or I can't serve you in Latin America. But in five years' time, I will. This doesn't work. If they give you the account, you have to service this account all around the world. So on almost day one, uh, in a very limited period of time, we had to acquire something like 30 or 40 agencies all around the world in uh, less than two years. And uh, I was going to the countries trying to find the best uh, operation, which we are not yet sold, and I call them the resistant because uh, they were very often very creative, very good, led by mavericks, and they had refused to sell their operation. And what I was offering to them is to be mavericks with us, and that they had to contribute to the globalization, they had to benefit from the globalization, and the only way for them to do that was to be aligned with a global network. But one of the ways to do that was to be with us because they will not sell their soul, and we will protect that soul. 
So that leads us on quite neatly and seamlessly to Kevin Roberts himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, he clearly hasn't sold his soul, but there, there was a point in your business relationship where your staff came and asked you to assert yourself as being in charge. And, and you shook your head and said you could never be in charge of, of Kevin. Can you tell us that story? Yes. In, in, the first day we met, Kevin said, uh, before we bought Saatchi and Saatchi, we had to see if we could uh, agree on, on what we had to do together. And he said to me, I don't want a boss. I don't want uh, uh, a, an owner. Uh, I want a mentor. And I want a partner. Uh, I, I didn't believe that I had the age or the experience to be a mentor, but I could become a partner. And uh, we, we, we did the acquisition, and uh, we, we had a wonderful celebration. We had a remarkable uh, beginning. And after a few weeks, uh, there has been some problems, like in, in a lot of couples. And... Uh, 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 the Saatchi team was looking down to the pe- publicist people and uh, publicist people were considering that Saatchi was not doing the job and uh, it started to be some uh, uh, issues and they came to see me and um, I will not repeat exactly what they said but uh, yes, that they had to show with the boss and uh, I spent um, the, the whole weekend thinking on how to approach Kevin. And I considered that uh, he made it clear that he didn't want to have a boss. And uh, I will not change the contract we had. Even if it was not written, it was just a relationship and a, a promise and that could break a promise. So... Uh, uh, I, I thought that the best way to do the thing is just to have a conversation and during the conversation to put the issues on the table, to not, do not draw any conclusion, to do not give any direction, just to nicely and with some level of subtlety, if it's something that we can use when we can speak about Kevin, to really... Uh, 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 put um, what what the issues are on the table. And um, I had not to do anything. He did everything I would have wished him to do. I never told him what to do. I never told him what are the consequences he should draw from uh, uh, the facts. I just uh, shared with him uh, the issues and he made the decision on himself. Uh, on his own. Uh, since then, we have built a relationship which is one of the strongest that I have seen in my life. And as you rightly say, it, it's a global relationship. And, and you talk of the culture of an organization being more important or the most important asset of the company. Together, you've, you've built up a, this creative global culture and brand. How important is that relationship now to the success of you both? Uh, I think that it is inseparable from the success. You're twins. <laughs> uh, kind of. And uh, it's very funny because we are very different. Uh, uh, Kevin uh, is exuberant. He's uh, 
most more Mediterranean than I am. <laughs> and uh, he, he is full of ideas and uh, he has a, a great personality and uh, he is uh, more outward when I'm more inward. And uh, he's acting, acting more spontaneously and I'm thinking much more. I'm more, I would not say thoughtful, but uh, I would say that I'm spending more time thinking about the things before making an idea, making a decision. And um, it's very complementary. In fact, uh, uh, very often um, starting a sentence in our P12 meeting is finishing the sentence. Or he's having an idea, and I'm completing the idea. So, so that's definitely about synchronicity between you two. And just finally, because I know your, your time is limited and you've given generously of it, the power of the Internet, that's something you both believe in wholeheartedly in this world of global brands, isn't it? Uh, internet, I would not say Internet, I would say digital, because it's Internet, but it is also digital TV, it is uh, mobile communication, it's uh, what will uh, give birth to a lot of new devices tomorrow, and the fact that from a TV set, people will be able to communicate around the world tomorrow. So uh, I, I think that... Uh, uh, what is interesting with digitally that digital is changing our society and the communication advertising is about society and we have to go back to the roots of our business uh, we don't believe that we are addressing uh, consumers we believe that we are communicating with people about brands and building relationship between these people and the brands and as the world is changing, we have to change with that world and we have to adapt ourselves. So digital and all technology which goes with is a technique and our business is the business of ideas. And again, we are back to uh, what is uh, all about uh, ourselves, which is uh, what I called uh, in this lecture, nous croyons en l'homme, we believe in human spirit. And if we want to do that, we have to have a all-human digital agency that everyone can uh, work on digital uh, in a very banal way as if they were using TV or press or radio as something which is just uh, basic. And uh, at the same time, to have uh, a weapon which is... Uh, uh, state of the art uh, and highly competitive and with Digitas we have this. So we have roughly more than 20% of our business the largest share of all advertising agencies coming from digital and we are growing fast and uh, I believe that um, we, we will uh, be we will continue to be that would be more rightly said uh, the, the, the top operation in the communication field in digital. That sounds a fine time to sign off this interview. You've given generously of your time, and what a marvellous lecture tonight. Maurice Levy, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School Cambridge Leadership Series podcast today. Thank you.